For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And the state legislature is trying to change the rules on how you vote for Wake County Commissioner. We'll explain why. Temperatures swinging from the 80s to the 40s. What you can expect day by day and hour by hour. One, two, three. And a first look at a new fire station coming to the fastest growing county in North Carolina. How this will help first responders answer more emergency calls. And we begin with some breaking news. A man is facing charges in a deadly shooting in Nash County, stemming from an argument over social media. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Dan Haggerty. That shooting happening outside of the Cummins Rocky Mount engine plant. That's off of US 301. WRL's Chris Lovingood joins us now. He looked into this. Chris, what are investigators saying? Well, Dan, this, again, the Nash County Sheriff's Office saying that this is an argument. It started over social media, but it's unclear about what. Now, I want to show you this picture. This is the man arrested, 34-year-old Nikita Hatch. Investigators said when the shooting happened February 7, 27-year-old Quentin McNair was leaving work at Cummins Engine Plant. Well, Hatch was waiting for McNair to leave, blocked his vehicle in the road, and then shot at McNair. Now, McNair fired back, but he died. Hatch was later found at a convenience store in Battleboro, about four miles away, and was eventually sent to the hospital. That's where he had been until today when he was taken to the Nash County Detention Center. Now, Hatch is charged with first-degree murder, no bond, and will be in court this Thursday, Dan. All right. Chris Lovingood with the latest. Thanks, Chris. Duke University says one of its graduate students is among the thousands of people killed in the first earthquake earlier this month in Turkey. The school says Samar Zora was conducting research for her Ph.D. in cultural anthropology in the area. Originally from Canada, Zora had been at Duke since 2019. Her family called her a good-hearted person who loved to laugh. Hear from Zora's brother during our evening news tonight at 10 and 11. We take a live look outside a beautiful Raleigh skyline tonight, tracking record heat. We outside today was gorgeous. It's going to get hotter, if you can believe it, 85 in the forecast later this week. Meteorologist Kat Campbell in the WRL Severe Weather Center tracking this unseasonably warm weather and the changes on the heels of it. We tied the record today, 77. Record tying temperatures today will come likely within a degree of the record tomorrow, but we expect to break the record on Thursday, 85. The previous record, 79, and 85 would break the record for the all-time warmest February temperature recorded in Raleigh, at least since records go back to the late 1800s. To, uh, tomorrow, it's going to be in the 70s, but Thursday, it's going to be feeling more like early June. 84 in Durham, 85 in Raleigh, 84 in Rocky Mount, 82 degrees in Roxborough, mid 80s for Fayetteville, Smithfield, and Goldsboro, 83 degrees in Southern Pines. This is one of the reasons that we are warming up the jet stream. When you look at the jet stream pattern, we have a big ridge of high pressure. That helps to drive up temperatures along with a warming southwest wind. But we have more unsettled weather out west, and we're going to see a storm system arrive later this week. That'll bring an end to this warm weather. I'll show you the timeline for when we go from the 80s back down to the 40s. Dan. In, in the meantime, I'm going to keep sending the kids to school in t-shirts. 
shirts, if you believe it. <laughs> you uh, got a few more days of that. Thanks, Kat. Well, it's been more than eight years since a Republican was elected as a Wake County Commissioner. New today, the board's chair spoke out against a bill at the State House that would allow changing how you vote in Wake County and essentially give Republicans a better chance of being elected. Some say voters will be rep better represented. Others see it as a political power play. WRL's Capitol Bureau Chief Laura Leslie was there as state leaders talked local elections. Currently, every voter in Wake County gets to vote on all seven of the candidates for the Wake County Board of Elections. A bill that passed the House Committee along party lines today would change that, so you would only be able to vote for the commissioner from your district and not the other six. As it grows, Wake County has been trending more Democratic for years. No Republican has served on the County Board of Commissioners since 2014. That's left Wake County conservatives like Karen Raines feeling unrepresented. Our voice is being diluted unfairly, and this bill will make it more equitable. Wake County commissioners have to live in their geographic district, but they're elected by all the voters in the county. Representative Aaron Paré wants to change that, so each voter could vote only in their own district's race, not countywide. She says it will make commissioners more accountable to rural voters. The voices of smaller towns and uh, communities around Wake are overwhelmed by Wake's population centers. Carrie and Raleigh combined make up 55% of the electorate, effectively dominating the countywide vote. Paré is the only Republican lawmaker elected from Wake County. The rest of the county's Democratic representatives oppose the bill, and so does the Wake County Board of Commissioners. Chairwoman Shanika Thomas says most counties elect commissioners the same way Wake does. When you're elected at large and every neighborhood in this county um, is a concern of yours. Every neighborhood's voice matters to you because every neighborhood votes for you. Um, and so I think that that's what she's not understanding. The bill would also make commissioner elections nonpartisan with no primaries. So if multiple people run, one could potentially win with just a small segment of the vote. No other county in North Carolina elects commissioners that way. Wake County Board of Commissioners Vice Chair Susan Evans says there's a reason. Every other county runs partisan so that we can have primaries and so that when we get to the November elections, there is a candidate who clearly has won more than 50 percent of the vote. Laura Leslie, WRAL News, Raleigh. New tonight, a disturbing kidnapping case in our state. And I'll repeat, the, the description of what police discovered is in fact very disturbing. Investigators saying the three people face charges now after someone was tortured at a home, had symbols carved into their face and body. Madison County Sheriff's detectives, they say the victim was forcibly imprisoned in a basement, had their hands and feet and chest tied with barbed wire. They released these pictures from the scene of the barbed wire and the weapons they say were used to assault the victim. These three people face charges here for assault, kidnapping, and possessing a weapon of mass destruction. Another upsetting story, Roanoke Rapids Police saying they won't file any more charges in a case involving the death of a three-month-old baby. Two weeks ago, we told you deputies found the little boy's body inside a suitcase that was in a closet. The mother, St. Kel Davis, is charged with a felony for concealing a child's death, but investigators say the autopsy did not show any signs of trauma or injury to the baby.
Johnston County is the fastest growing county in North Carolina. And with more people moving there, the demand for emergency services is also quickly increasing. That's why this afternoon, Wilson's Mills broke ground on a brand new fire station. It will be the third one in that community. WRL's Brett Neese explains how this will help first responders answer more calls. Fire officials tell me this area is seeing an extra 300 calls per year, and that trend isn't slowing down anytime soon, which is why a new fire station here is long overdue. It may be just a bunch of dirt and machinery right now, but by July, Wilson's Mills firefighters will be responding to calls from this location. There's a lot of Johnston County citizens that this will provide services for. This new station will be Wilson's Mills third, but it will be staffed differently than the other two. Paid staff fill daytime shifts at those stations, but volunteers help on nights and weekends. Once we open this station, there will be it'll be career 24-hour day staff people. With 3,800 homes approved to be built in the Wilson's Mills community, demand for emergency services has never been higher. That's the case across Johnston County, where fire departments are struggling to fully staff their stations. Every fire chief and every one of those districts is, is battling that every day, you know, trying to match the, their, their abilities that they currently have with the growth of their fire district. So it's a challenge. Johnson County Emergency Management Director Kevin Hubbard says a decline in the number of volunteer firefighters adds to that problem. Paid staff is where it's going to be and uh, as the county continues to grow it's just one of those challenges that we'll continue to have to face and overcome. Novo Nordisk donated this land to Wilson's Mills. Where I'm standing will be a temporary station. Once the new station is built over here in this back section of this land they will convert that temporary spot into a training center. They also plan to house a Johnson County EMS ambulance at this station. In Wilson's Mills, Brett Neese, WRL News. A town that lost its entire police force now has a new chief. Those former employees, they claim the former town manager, Justine Jones, created a toxic work environment. And last week, the town announced a new police chief now, and it's a familiar name, Chief James Ayers, who you may remember resigned from the town of Enfield in September of last year, citing a hostile work environment there. Right now, Ayers is looking to recruit some new officers to his force and build trust in the community. We are saying that we are going to be community oriented. Well, I'm going to be the first one that's going to be knocking on the citizen doors and asking them how can we address their needs. The police department is still building. Only Ayers and a reserve police officer on the force right now. He says he plans to have several positions filled, though, by this summer. As we take a live look at the Orange County Board of Commissioners meeting right now, they are discussing a new grant to fund employees focused on mental health. The state funding is designed to divert people away from the criminal justice system. WRL's Monica Casey shows us how the program will work. The Carborough Police Chief tells me funding for a mental health expert has been needed for a long time. He believes it will make a major difference. Chris Atak has been at the Carborough Police Department for 24 years. A social worker may soon be working here thanks to a new grant. A social worker will speak the language of a social worker, so they'll be able to connect to a lot of our community resource partners who are mental health providers and, 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 and stuff like that. A state grant from the Police and Mental Health Collaborations for Diversion Programs would fund social workers at four law enforcement agencies in Orange County, including the Sheriff's Office and police departments in Carborough, Chapel Hill, and Hillsborough. 
Chief ATAC says this will keep a person struggling with mental health issues from cycling through a revolving door in the criminal justice system. The underlying cause, I think, is, is going to be different, uh, and, and it's important for us to be able to kind of assess that. Uh, and get folks connected. COVID has exacerbated mental health issues. Orange County Commission Chair James Etta Bedford tells me these social workers will take a deep dive approach. There are root causes that need to be addressed and it's better for the community, it's better for the individuals, it's better for their families. The grant also has funding for a mental health diversion coordinator collaborating across agencies. Health and safety is our number one priority always and I think um, followed by a you know, social justice equity, and this touches on all of those. This grant will also fund two new employees to work at Chapel Hill's Freedom House Recovery Center. Monica Casey, WRL News in Carborough. Still ahead, some protection for children from the highly contagious virus RSV could soon be coming. The next steps in getting a vaccine to health providers and available for families coming up. Plus, we're getting a brand new look at rendering showing what a private school with a focus on ice hockey in our area will look like. Here from the head of the school on the progress just days after the NHL Stadium Series put the Triangle area on a national stage. Parents, listen up. Your infant could soon be protected from the highly contagious illness RSV. Today, Pfizer announced the FDA is reviewing a vaccine. The single-dose shot would be given to expectant mothers in their late second to third trimesters. Health officials say the antibodies would protect babies until they're six months old. The FDA is expected to make a decision on the shots by August. On the heels of the successful NHL Stadium Series weekend, there's an exciting new development in the works right now that could bring even more hockey interest to our area. It's a private school with a focus on ice hockey. It could bring even more big tournaments here. That's the plan anyway. Joining us live to discuss how progress on this project is going on this first of its kind facility, Tim Healy, the head of the school. Tim, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me on, especially uh, at the tail end of such a busy hockey weekend here in Raleigh. Everybody's talking hockey right now. We should keep the conversation going. So this is called Culvert Ice Sports. And can you tell people a little what families can expect with this project? Yeah, Calvert Ice Sports, it's really going to be the premier destination uh, for hockey in the Southeast and really beyond. It's going to be a four-rink facility uh, complete with a uh, prep school, an in-person prep school, boarding school within it. It will help. It will host youth hockey, adult hockey, learn to play, and it will be, and it, at its heart too, also be a prep school that will have hockey and figure skating. So, uh, locally, it's going to be great for youth hockey players uh, and figure skaters, and then we'll also be recruiting nationally and internationally as well. Uh, so, as the focus was on Raleigh for hockey this weekend. We'll keep bringing people into Raleigh, in the Raleigh area for hockey and nestled out there in Holly Springs, which has been a great partner so far. Absolutely. We have been talking a lot about cultivating even more hockey interest, and now we're cultivating young talent with this project. How's construction going? We saw some of the renderings there. I know the target opening date was late next year. Are we still on target to do that? Well, the first, uh, we'll be opening up our first academic year will be 25, 26. We'll be opening in uh, spring of 25. It's a massive building, over 300,000 uh, square feet. So it's going to take a, a while to put together. Uh, but right now we are on target with where, where we are and where we need to be. Um, our construction team is lined up, our engineering team. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the final construction drawings, as you see that rendering there. 
Uh, we were down at our architects, 310 AI today, um, just a fabulous group. And we couldn't be more excited with the progress of where we are uh, to really make it such an intentionally built building to ensure that you know our Calvert athletes, whether they're figure skating or hockey, um, have the best access to training and resources you could really find anywhere, not just in the area, uh, but anywhere in the world. You know, the town was so excited about the stadium series. A lot of people were asking, when's the next one? When's the NHL going to come back? But I imagine if a project like this, where we're cultivating such young talent here in this area, there could be a lot of really great young hockey happening here. Is that the plan? Sport tournaments, competitions right here in our area with some youth around the country? Absolutely. You know, um, big tournaments, they want four rink facilities. College coaches, when they come in to scout, they want four rink facilities. Um, actually, this morning, coming off of the heels of a uh, great 7-3 victory for NC State last night, I actually heard from uh, the commissioner of the American Collegiate Hockey Association, who has their national tournament coming up in March. And they hosted at an eight-ranked facility uh, because they're bringing in upwards of over 48 teams over men's and women's division. And his question was, when can we host this in spring of 25? And uh, that might be a little bit cutting it close. So uh, even already talking about that in spring of 26. So if you think about it, right, you're talking about 48 collegiate teams to, uh, descending upon Holly Springs. Uh, how amazing will that be? Great to, um, great and that will just get, and we've shown that we can support a big event, big hockey event in Raleigh this weekend. Uh, so we hope to just keep adding on to that and keep it going. You said it, Tim Healy with Calvert Ice. Thanks so much for being with us tonight, Tim. My pleasure, Nat. Thanks for having me on. New mobile sports gambling legislation could be introduced as early as this week by state lawmakers. Supporters are optimistic they can reverse last year's narrow vote against the proposal. Betting on sports is only legal in North Carolina at three tribal casinos. Some North Carolina residents are making the drive to place bets in neighboring states where it is legal. Lawmakers want to keep that revenue in the state. Governor Roy Cooper is expected to sign the legislation if it passes. Meteorologist Kat Campbell, we've been seeing the, these temperatures uh, go up and up and up, and I think people get excited about that. And then we also have to realize that the pollen usually comes with these spring temperatures arriving even when they arrive early. Yes, and we haven't gotten to the yellow pine pollen showing up on the pollen report yet. So there's your little bit of good news, but tree pollen is high. Juniper, cedar, and elm are the issues out there today, and we'll continue to see tree pollen going up in the coming days. It stays high all the way through Friday, so just a heads up if you suffer from seasonal allergies, I know the pain. Go ahead, start with your allergy regimen out there and your medication. We do have some rain on the way, though, that could help with the pollen. Tomorrow, there's a 20% chance for rain in the morning, similar to what we told you about yesterday. For this morning, it was just a few isolated spotty sprinkles. It's not going to be widespread. Dry Thursday and Friday, so nice weather. If you do need to wash some of the pollen off your car in the coming days, great weather to do that. Saturday should come some natural rain to help wash away some of the pollen on your car. We have scattered showers in the forecast throughout the day. So let's take a look at our next weather system on Futurecast. For tomorrow, things are fairly quiet. Overnight, you can see the potential for just a few spotty light showers if you look really, really close at future cast. Tomorrow, though, during the evening, things are quiet on the radar and likely to stay that way during Thursday as well. But as we head into Friday night, we start to see our ridge of high pressure breaking down, and that means any weather system from the west would be steered closer to North Carolina. So we have a small chance for rain Friday night, but we continue to see that flow steering these systems into North Carolina on Saturday, and we have scattered showers in the forecast throughout the day. 
and it's a chilly rain. So after we reach those mid 80s in a couple of days, get ready for afternoon temperatures in the 40s with this rain on Saturday. And as it pulls away from us, we could see an area of low pressure develop from this offshore. After that, temperatures rebound by the end of the weekend and into next week. We should be right back into the 70s. But the highlight of the seven day, definitely this 85 degree day that we have coming up on Thursday. It'll be warm and windy. Friday, really looking pretty nice if you ask me. Temperatures right around 70 degrees, partly cloudy, not too hot, not too chilly. It's just remarkable that we have to even think about temperatures being <laughs> too hot in February. We try to be careful and use the word warm, you know, with yeah. warmer temperatures, but 85 degrees is hot. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, Kat, thanks. It's all about the humidity for me. Still ahead, North Carolinians have a chance to see a legendary rock group live where Guns and Roses will stop in the state and when you can get your tickets coming up. Welcome back to the WRL Live Center. I'm Mark Boyle. Social media continues to get some students in trouble. We first told you about this story last night on our news, a threat against Wake Forest Middle School. More law enforcement on hand today. Well, new right now at 7 o'clock, the Sheriff's Department says it's identified the juvenile responsible for making those hoax threats against the school and some personnel. And they do say appropriate action will be taken through the school system and the juvenile court system. They are not messing around, even though this is a hoax threat. Threat, they are going to be working through the system to take care of the person responsible for that threat. Back to you. Looking for accountability there. All right, Mark, thank you. One lucky North Carolinian is a million dollars richer tonight. That'd be nice. Uh, during <laughs> last night's Powerball drawing, one ticket, uh, it matched all five white balls. And officials say that winning ticket was bought at a Murphy Express on NC42 in Garner. If you bought a ticket from that gas station, you better check it. All right, dig around in those pockets. Here's another look at the winning lottery numbers, 17, 3, 54, 38, 26. The Powerball is 15. The Power Play multipliers, 3. Ah, congrats. Well, some rock and roll legends are bringing their world tour to North Carolina. Guns and Roses just announced dates for shows. The band's going to make a stop in Charlotte this summer. The show is set for Tuesday, August 29th. I'm sure they'll play all the hits. <laughs> Pre-sale tickets are available starting tomorrow. Uh, general ticket sales begin on Friday, and uh, the, the World Tour kicks off in Tel Aviv in June. They're going to look a little older in <laughs> yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. do we have any recent that video. video of that? Yeah, right. from, <laughs> hey, thanks, for being, time thanks for being with us tonight here on WR. See you again tonight at 10 and 11. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.